What's the happiest that you have ever been? Happy is probably the wrong word to describe it, because after all, there have been times when you've been really, really happy, but it hasn't lasted very long. You can probably think of times in your life when you had a really good meal, and so you were happy about it, but then by the next day, the happiness didn't carry over. Or you received a present that you really liked, but then it broke soon afterwards, and the happiness didn't last. So maybe I should ask you, instead of happiness, about joy. Can you remember a time when you were so joyful that now, later on, it still brings a smile to your face when you think about it? Happiness can be a fleeting emotion, but joy is something that lasts. Well, you and I are in the midst of a series of sermons on the Bible's Songs of Ascents. And in these songs, one of the themes that we see is joy. The reason that people are so joyful in these songs is that they are going to the house of the Lord. They're pilgrim songs. They're songs that people sang on their way to church. And that included short distances or long distances as people made their way to the temple in Jerusalem. But the most joyful pilgrimage to Jerusalem that ever happened wasn't a typical journey to church. It was the time when there was no temple in Jerusalem anymore because it had been destroyed. And the people weren't going back to Jerusalem because many of them had never been there before. Their enemies, the Babylonians, had come and conquered the people of Judah and taken them away from Jerusalem into a foreign and distant land. And they had lived there for 70 years. But finally, after such a long time, the Lord allowed them to go home. He moved the heart of the king who had conquered Babylon to tell the people of Judah and Jerusalem that they could return and they could rebuild their temple. And they went on their way rejoicing. That's the subject matter of the most joyful song of ascents of all of them in the Bible. Psalms 120 to 134 are these songs of ascents. And as they go from the beginning of them to the middle, they increase in joy. And in Hebrew literature, very often what's in the middle is the high point of it all. 
that could happen in the course of a psalm where the middle verse could be the high point. But it also happens in a group of psalms. So in these 15 psalms, the middle psalms are 126 and 127, and they are the high point of it all. We see the the joy of the people who traveled to Jerusalem, not only in the fact that this psalm is in the middle of the group. Of course, we see it in the joy that the words express. Psalm 126. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. After such a long absence away from their home, the people of Judah and Jerusalem were glad to return to God's house. They had experienced a whole lot of sadness in their lifetimes, being captives in a foreign land. But now, the excitement was welling up out of their hearts. There would be a lot of sadness in their future. It would be very difficult for them to rebuild the temple and to reestablish Jerusalem as a city. But they knew that the Lord would be with them. They illustrated their joy with a picture of the desert. The, the Negev, that's in the southern part of Israel. And it's hot and it's dry there. And during the summer... There are no streams. But after the winter, the water runs through those empty gulches. And the water brings forth beautiful flowers in the land. Another illustration that the psalm writer used was farming. It's a lot of work to plant seed. It can, it can bring sadness because there's toil behind it. But when the harvest comes, it brings joy. Psalm 126 talks about an experience that the people of Israel and Judah could take delight in. But it's probably not the most familiar psalm to you and me. Can you ever remember hearing a sermon preached on Psalm 126 before? It's not like Psalm 23 or even Psalm 121. But when you read it and hear the joy coming from the words that the psalmist wrote and, and that the people voiced in their words... Maybe, maybe we should sing this psalm a little more often. 
Well, chances are we, we probably won't. But you and I sing our own songs of joy, too. We gather together here in our church to voice our songs of joy because of what the Lord has done for us. Now, when you sing Psalm 126, you see that this was the happiest thing that ever happened to these people. And so, it's no surprise that they would write and sing a psalm about it. But you and I can point to something even happier than these people returning to their homeland and rebuilding their city and their temple to the Lord. You see, them returning to Jerusalem wasn't just so that they could be home again and they could be happy again. What was the point of them returning to Jerusalem and, and rebuilding the city? It was so that Jerusalem and the temple could be there when Jesus arrived. The Savior, Jesus, was coming soon. And he would come to Jerusalem. He would enter that temple. And just a little bit of a distance away, right outside the city walls of Jerusalem, he would be nailed to a cross. Jesus would die in Jerusalem. And then he would be buried. And then he would rise again from that grave in the most joyful event of all of human history. You and I look back on the work of Jesus in Jerusalem, his suffering, his death, and his resurrection. And is there anything more joyful that could fill our minds? Are there any more joyful words that could come out of our mouth than to praise God for what Jesus has done for us? Well, that's what we do when we come here to church. That's what worship is all about. Remembering, proclaiming, and giving thanks for what God our Father and Jesus Christ our Savior have done for us. And we have songs not Psalm 126, but other songs that express our joy. And we sang one of them tonight. It was maybe not with all the gusto that we would have liked to sing it. But you know what? We can sing with joy no matter how loud the piano is or what instruments are accompanying us. Because joy in our singing doesn't come from the music. It comes from the gospel of Jesus, the word of God, and the faith that it works in our hearts. The thanksgiving from our lips comes not because we have the most talented and beautiful musicians in the world. Sorry, Pastor Heckendorf. <laughs> But it comes from the fact that we're singing about what our God has done for us, right? 
Tonight we sang, glory be to God on high. To God on high be glory and peace to all the earth. For God has shown his favor in Jesus' holy birth. Almighty God and Father, our humble thanks we bring. We worship you. We bless you. Lord God, our heavenly King. O Lamb of God exalted, you take all sin away. Extend to us your mercy and hear us as we pray. With God the Holy Spirit at God the Father's throne. You reign, O Christ, forever. For you are Lord alone. Now, if anybody thinks that our church services should be somber and quiet and unemotional, I would argue that that person hasn't thought about the words of the Gloria in Excelsis. That's the Latin name for this song that we sang. It's actually a very old song. It was originally written about 300 years after Jesus died and rose again. We don't know exactly who wrote it, but we do know that it was well-known to churches all over the world where there were churches about 400 years after Jesus died and rose again. And so it's a song that Christians have been singing in our churches for like 16 or 1700 years. And there are many versions of it. It's been set to all kinds of music, but really the original thought behind it, the example we follow, is the song of the angels. Glory be to God on high is the song that the angels sang when Jesus was born into this world. And yet, of course, from our perspective, we know so much more about Jesus than just that he was born. And so we sing of God the Father's work for us, his almighty power in sending our Savior to us, and what Jesus accomplished for us in his life and death. We proclaim that good news in words of joy because of what that work has accomplished for us. We need songs of joy. We need songs of joy because you and I are not always happy. Some days we're happy, but some days we're sad. And sometimes the sadness comes to us because of what other people do to us. And sometimes it's because of what we ourselves do. But all of the sadness that we ever experience is a result of human sin. Think about the saddest thing that has ever happened to you. You might be thinking of something that you did. Something you did to somebody else. And it still makes you sad to think about it. Or you might be thinking of something that somebody else did to you. Something that still affects you and makes your life harder. But either way, 
It's not God's fault. It's something that somebody has done, some human being, something sinful. If you're still sad over something that's happened in the past, what should we do about that? Should we despair because of all the sad things that happen in this world? Because of all the sad things that have happened to you and me? No. Because even when we are sad, you and I still have joy. Even when we're not happy, you and I still have joy in what our Savior Jesus has accomplished for us. Jesus takes away our sadness because he takes away our sins. And so if you did something in the past that you still feel guilty about, that you still feel sad about when you think about it, I want you to know Jesus died for that sin. He has taken your sins away so that God does not condemn you for that sin. God does not think of that sin. God does not feel sad when he looks at you. He has saved you. And if it's something that somebody else did to you that makes you sad, I want you to know that Jesus has rescued you from that too. Because he promises that he's going to take you out of this world of sadness and bring you to heaven where the effects of sin cannot bother you anymore. You will not be sad at all there. You won't even remember the things that make you sad now because heaven is an eternity of joy. I asked you before what the happiest thing was that ever happened to you. The, the day when you were the happiest. I'm guessing you probably weren't thinking about a church service. I suppose it's possible. I mean, if you're a husband, you should probably tell your wife that it was your wedding day and maybe you were married in a church and so... So maybe you were pretty happy in a church one day, or, or maybe the, your baptism or the baptism of one of your children made you happy. But a lot of times we think of, of other things that make us happy. But you know what? Can there be anything more joyful than the message we sing here? The message that we proclaim to each other and to our world from our church. Here, our Lord has made us joyful, now and forever. Here, we listen to the words of joy and fill our hearts with them. Here, we proclaim our joy to each other. Here we join our voices with the angels who sang the night that Jesus was born. 
And here we proclaim the joy that will be ours forever. Come and worship the God who brings us joy. Amen. Please stand.